Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Kenzie. And I'm Jamie. And this is the Codependent Podcast. Oh my gosh, you guys. I can't tell you how long this has been in the works. I can't believe that we're really here and we're really doing this. We are in the floor of Jamie's living room. With our podcast equipment that it's taken us two hours now to figure out. It's taken us two months to open the box. Jamie bought this in October. Yeah, I did before the holidays, before everything. We wanted to get it out and have it done. And we're moms there, and it didn't happen. <laughs> and there's so much back stuff that needs to happen in order to do this. So we're really excited to be here. We are. We have been thinking about doing this podcast for just so long now. There were so many times that me and Jamie were on Instagram and it just felt like we had more we wanted to say. Oh, yeah. And I feel like you see our day-to-day life on Instagram. I feel like most of our listeners, especially here today, are going to be from our Instagram. But If you're not. If you're not, welcome. (laughs) This is our life. Um, But I feel like we show a lot of our day-to-day. We show our kids in the morning and getting them ready and running to Target, running errands, what we made made for dinner. I feel like we show a lot, but we don't show a lot of more in-depth things and of, yeah of who we are and why we are the way we are and and we what, get a lot of questions so many and that's the thing it's so hard to answer those questions on a 15 second instagram story clip it is just impossible to tell these stories and to like really connect and i feel like our stories deserve more than that i do too especially I, the sensitive topics there's topics about Jamie becoming part of our family and the foster care and adoption process and I just feel like it's so much more to unravel than in just an Instagram story and same with sleepovers we get a lot of questions about sleepovers and I've been wanting to do a podcast episode about why we make the decision to do no sleepovers as moms um and I felt like this was a very good space to do that because we had the ability to sit down and actually talk through these different subjects. Yeah, and I've always said that same thing. Like, I just feel like our stories deserve so much more, just like everyone's do. But we've always talked about writing a book and all of that. But But we're not writers. No, and this is a way that we can still tell our stories and give them the space and the time that they deserve, but also to connect with you guys and, like, you can hear our true voice in it. Yeah, I think... This will be important and not just for our stories, but our stories to reach other people. Like we don't know 
how many other people have been through the same things that we've been through. And even if it's not huge stories, like you were in foster care yourself or you had the same experiences that we've had, even the little things like motherhood and day-to-day or week-to-week motherhood experiences or raising toddlers or raising infants, like... Yeah, or not even knowing, like, just certain decisions to make. And if we can give insight on what we've done and it helps you, like, we're a community and a community of moms and, like, we rely on each other and we help each other. And, yeah, I just love that we're able to connect with you guys on such a deeper level than on Instagram. And that's, like, such a big pull to why we wanted to do this and why we wanted to just give you guys an like in-depth look into who we are and without filtered 15 second stories yeah exactly and we like jamie said we want to be a community so a lot of the times we'll get on our stories and we'll ask for your guys's input or if you want to leave comments or reviews obviously that's so helpful um we definitely want this to be a space where we're kind of going back and forth with our listeners and doing more Q&As on here. Um, Today, we're going to look into like a little bit more depth of Jamie's story, which is our story. It's our story, yeah. Of how we became best friends and sisters and how we became where we are today. But there also will be questions because no matter what, there are questions. And so we're hoping from this episode, we'll be able to take your guys' questions. So, And we're excited in like all the upcoming podcasts that we have planned and the ones we don't have planned, but that you guys want to know and hear. And we're just excited to like be on this journey of sisterhood and friendship and motherhood. I picture standing at my sink listening to the podcast while I do dishes while my kids are running around. And we hope that that's what you guys do too. Yeah. You're driving in the car and your babies have fallen asleep or you just, you need to hear another adult's voice. Which we all do. Which we all do. Like not listening to toddlers or babies cry all day that you turn on our podcast and And you you, feel like you're our best friend. Yeah. You feel like you know us and we know you and we're like hanging out and we can make you laugh and make you just feel like you have someone and you can turn to it when you need it and listen to us and gain insight and yeah that's just we we really want that community feel so now that we've talked a little bit about why we're here um we thought we'd go a little bit into me and jamie um and our journey to become where we are today um for those of you who don't know jamie joined our family when we were around 14 years old and we have gained full custody and then adoption and now she's just our sister forever and like no matter what happens that is just what's constant um so we'll just fill in a little bit of our story yeah so how did it start (laughs) we met in ninth grade our freshman year we were in the same PE class okay wait back up back up (laughs) I hated Jamie I did not like her because my best friend in middle school moved schools and we grew up in a really small town and so there's only two middle schools um my best friend moved middle schools and she couldn't really hang out with me anymore because she made a new best friend and it was Jamie happened to be me and she was the nicest ever but she came to a new school and that was like always my biggest fear was moving to a new school when you're in middle school or high school and like 
being the new girl and not knowing anybody and like sitting by yourself at lunch like that was my biggest fear ever so I loved when a new girl would come to school and she was like so sweet and so nice and we just like immediately connected and I was her friend but her other best friend was sad I was really sad I was really sad I was first of all sad she just moved schools yes and then I was even more sad that she found another best friend we like hung out one time us three yeah. we like we went to the park we went to the park and that was like the first time we probably met in person it was the very first time and can you even imagine like no oh my gosh looking back I wish I could be at that park and be like you have no idea you have no idea what your life's about to become that was the first time we met. Yeah. Then we re-met <laughs> in ninth grade. And that's when we became, like, actual friends. That's where it really started. And we would hang out here and there. It wasn't yeah. every weekend. It wasn't every day. It was just kind of like we ran in the same circle a little bit. And then sophomore year is when we had more classes together. Yeah. And we really started hanging out. Kenzie could drive. I couldn't because I was the youngest in my grade. And, and she I was, was the, the oldest. oldest. <laughs> and so she would drive and we would do our our high school had off-campus lunch so we were able to go to lunch together and we would do wacky pack wednesday at sonic every single wednesday for like 3.99 and get a wacky pack and sit in her bug and oh, eat yeah, it that was great <laughs> and that was like where we just started to become closer sophomore year is when we had a lot of classes together and that's kind of when we started becoming close um but i i don't know if i would have considered us best friends at that point but I do remember getting a text from Jamie um, during our sophomore year, and she just was like, I love, it was after she was at my house one night, and she just texted me, and she said, I just love being at your house. There's just something different about your family, and I just, I just really love being there. Do you remember that text? I do. I remember it like it was yesterday, and I remember just walking into your house, like, the first couple times, and it just, like, hitting me that wow this is like what a home feels like I never had that feeling growing up um I just I had kind of a broken family a dad that was in and out of the house a lot a dad that was an alcoholic um and just that feeling of a home was never there and I remember just immediately feeling the love and the care that like a family should have and that I like little did I know but deep down in my heart and in my mind like I desired and longed for that feeling of a home and a family and I had always told myself I remember from a very young age telling myself like okay this is not what a normal family is like families don't fight this much families don't drink all the time to cover up their problems like this is not what a family can be like and I don't want this for my future family and so going into your house and just feeling that and feeling the closeness like it all just made sense so give us a little bit of a rundown of your childhood, just a little snippet of what your childhood was like, what your homes were like, um, your family, your siblings. I came from a family of two parents, um, and I had three brothers. One of my brothers was from a different father, and he was quite a bit older than me, and so he wasn't in the home as much. Um, I, My dad, like I said, was just in and out, would move out, move back in. He, like all of my childhood memories, was working and then would come home get drunk, go to bed. Same thing over and over. Parents would fight. Um, I had a brother that is only a year younger than me, and he was always just into trouble and in juvenile detention. Um, and then my life really changed when I had my youngest brother. He's eight years younger than me. And that's, like, where I would say my family, like, completely switched is when he was born. 
Um, I don't know, just kind of a crazy childhood with so much depth to it that we'll definitely go into on another episode. But um, yeah, that was just kind of like the just if you could picture that that family in that house, that's what it was. Just broken, not close, very dysfunctional, alcohol. My mom was not an alcoholic or drug addict, but had a lot of mental health issues. And so that's like the house and the family picture that you can just tell is not how a normal family functions. And there was a lot of times that you felt like you were taking care of your younger brother. Yeah, and that's, yeah, huge. When he was born at eight, like, that's when my dad officially, like, left for good. And my mom was trying her best and trying to raise us, but was really hard on her and financially, of course, very hard. And she had to work night shift. And so... As a nine-year-old, I was in charge of the baby, and I would get up in the middle of the night and feed him while she was at work. I would get us all ready for school, make sure lunches were packed. Like, I just really took on that role of being a mom, and that's kind of all I knew from... That tells me so much about your personality now. Like, I can... (laughs) Like, that definitely shaped you as a person. It did, and that's like... Luckily, it made me, like, more excited to become a mom, and... I've definitely, I learned so much from that and also realized that I wanted to give my kids a childhood. I feel like I didn't, I like was robbed a little bit of a true childhood. Absolutely. Like I just grew up so fast and that's why I feel like a lot of people are like, think I'm older than I am, but I think I just grew up really fast and never just got to be a kid. Absolutely. I don't, I don't remember ever playing. Like that wasn't a part of my childhood just because it was dysfunction. I definitely can see that I would feel like I would be robbed in my childhood too um so back to sophomore year yes that was when Jamie reached out about like my family and telling me it was different um sophomore year is also when you actually got put into foster care for the first time yeah so that memory is forever forever ingrained in my brain and I remember it so vividly I remember sitting in my class I don't really remember what class I was in, but I remember sitting in my class and getting a note brought in from like a student aide and the teacher said, hey Jamie, you're like call down to the office and immediately my stomach just sunk because I knew it wasn't good. Like I just, I knew it was not and so I got that note and there was a lady standing in there and told me that me and my youngest brother were not allowed to go home that night and that we were... um, going to be placed into a foster home they didn't have a home for us but we couldn't be in school because she did not want us to have any contact with our parents and so she took us to um, the child protective service office and we sat in there and they she put us in a room and it was just me and my youngest brother my middle brother at that point the brother just younger than me he was in a different foster home and had been for a couple of years and so, and he mostly was, because he was mostly trouble. for behavior, yeah, yeah, for trouble, not really for parents at this point. When we got pulled out, it was because our parents were now deemed incapable to take care of us. And at that point, also, my dad was not in the picture at all, but my mom was deemed incapable to take care of us due to mental health issues. There was one time that you told me when you got the note, you were like, you knew because you're like, this was a long time coming. It was, and I like dreaded that that would happen because I knew it was going to happen because of every how everything was going in my family and 
the just how my mom was and she was just not in her right mental state to take care of us and I like just I had that feeling it would happen and immediately when I saw that teacher walk the teacher's aide walk in and give them the note like I just knew and I didn't know obviously like how that would turn out and where that would go they brought us to that room we sat in a room just me and him and he played with toys and I acted like everything was okay for him and it was like hour by hour passing they'd come in every 45 minutes to an hour and tell us we're still looking for a home we're still looking for a home they were just short on foster parents and so there was really nowhere for us to go at this point and I'm like trying to text like my oldest brother because he's 10 years older than me and I'm like please take us please take us I don't want to go to a home I'm so scared and he was not replying to me um and I remember just like trying to think and we didn't really have any families like any family around us besides our parents so there was like no other options for us you Um, were very closed off too nobody I wasn't your best friend at this point we were just friends yeah but nobody knew like no Jamie was very good I had like you would just not know she you would not know that there was family issues you wouldn't know anything so you did not even feel comfortable asking a friend I just like which is so crazy but school was just like my place where I went and I let everything in my life and in my family just go like I came to school I put on my front and I was like just happy to be there I was away from my family I was away from the dysfunction and like I put my heart and soul into school and that's like that was just my place I went and nobody had to know who I was nobody had to know like what I was going through And you were such a good student. Jamie was in AP classes. She was so smart. It's crazy for me especially to look back on and be like, like, how did I not know? But then I do look back and I'm like, you hit it. You did so good at not allowing that part of your life into school because you just wanted to act like and live like a normal teenager. I did, and I never like got to outside of school and so that was just like I said that was just my place and I was comfortable and I could make friends and they didn't have to know any of that about me and they didn't have to judge me off of that because that's not who I felt that I was but I felt that that was just the circumstance I was put in and was going through absolutely so you're sitting in the room texting your brother yeah no one's replying and they keep coming in at this point it's like seven o'clock at night seven thirty eight eight thirty finally like nine o'clock at night and we had got there at noon that morning so or noon that afternoon afternoon (laughs) yeah and so we got there at noon and we finally at nine they came in and said your oldest brother agreed to take you guys um and I was just like immediately relieved because at least I could be somewhere that I knew and they were trying really hard to keep me and my youngest brother together and so I had texted him and just said, like, thank you so much. Like, please come get us, like, right now. I need to get out of here. Um, and so they placed us there that night. And he had a little baby. And he had a one-bedroom house. And so we slept on his futon together. Me and my brother did. But I didn't even care because it was a place to be. And it was somebody I knew. So you weren't supposed to have contact with your mom. I wasn't. I was not supposed to have any contact with her um, because they that's just, like, how they wanted it to be. And so I secretly, like, texted her and just said, like, what is going on? Like, what happened? 
and she kind of like told me the story and and she told me the story and just said like I threatened to kill myself I just can't take this anymore and immediately when suicide is a threat they take it very seriously as they should and had to remove us because that's a dangerous situation for us to be in mm-hmm. if that is her mental state and so that was why we weren't allowed to talk to her because they didn't want any um, like more emotion to be put into it any of her threats to be um like followed through and so that was kind of the reason of that and that's kind of like was like the turning point of I feel like when we became closer I, I agree and you started to realize what was going something on was happening well because I picked you up at your brother's house downtown that one time um and I remember being like just send me his address and you were like yeah it's it's here but when I, I picked you up you were walking down the street and I felt horrible that you were walking down the street and then I got the location wrong but you actually gave me the wrong address because you didn't want me to actually know where you guys were no. so you're walking up to my car and you got my car and I was like I'm so sorry that I like I could have driven further but you're like no you're totally fine and then we kind of just went on with our night and that was it um but then you started staying at my house a lot more yeah and I just really didn't I didn't love to be there because obviously like it wasn't an ideal situation for a teenager on a futon without really any clothes and I didn't have much like maybe a backpack and so I like I said like I knew that your your family just had like a loving home and I just felt I felt so welcomed and so comfortable there and like yeah so after your brother you went and lived with who you lived with a family friend you called her grandma yeah she was kind of like a community grandma like everybody that knew her just kind of called her grandma she just had lots of love to give and she had um all her kids were grown but she had like a big house and she had horses and lots of property and just lots of I guess love to give to a lot of kids and so it was kind of like what they call in the foster care system is a kinship placement so kind of like a family friend or family and that was kind of the closest thing we've ever had to a grandma because we didn't have like me and my biological siblings did not have really grandparents growing up and so she was kind of the closest thing we had to that um and so they actually placed us at her house pretty soon after yeah you weren't at your brother's very long no and it was really just like the emergency placement we were there for maybe like a couple weeks I would say and then they placed us there which that started out as a much better situation just because we did have like our we had like our own rooms and um she had like more of a financial situation to be able to take care of us and uh, more time to drive us to the court um, court appointments that we had and counseling and like all of that stuff that Child Protective Services had set up for us at that time. And so, yeah, that was kind of like where we were and that situation started to get pretty bad. And that's really what I'd say. I was like, never wanted to be there. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, you were at my house, I would say like 90% of the time. Yeah. I remember picking you up from like your grandma's house often that that I think is where I because you didn't have a car no I think that is where I would pick I think I picked you up more than any other place like I think I only picked you up from your brother's house like just a couple times maybe two or three times like maybe um my parents had like a no sleepover rule on Saturdays and so I remember my parents allowing Jamie to spend the night on a Saturday was like a huge deal because we had church on Sunday and it just, we just didn't do sleepovers on Saturday. So Jamie was like, I want to come to church with you. And so I remember my parents let her spend the night on a Saturday. And I think that was like one of the first times that you like didn't really leave. Like that was because you stayed Friday night and Saturday night. And that was kind of like, I think the course of when you started staying often. I, and I think that cha- like things really changed. It was, like, I don't know if it was that week or soon after, like, I had stayed eight nights in a row. Mm -hmm. And that's the crazy thing, though. Like, when you're in the foster care system or, like, you don't really have parents that know, nobody's keeping track of where you are. Like, that doesn't happen in a normal family. And mom said that. That's when my mom was, like, something is going on. Right. I think that's that stretch of those eight nights was when mom started to be, like, something's going on. I, as a teenager, was, like, oh, this is awesome. My best friend is spending the night. I didn't think anything of it. Like, I genuinely didn't. Looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh. How did I miss that? But in the moment, I just didn't think anything. It was just fun. We could just, it was just hang fun. Out. And like, I mean, it was fun for me too. I got to like, kind of forget about, like, I tried as often as I could to just like, forget about the actual like, real life and the things that I was experiencing at that time because I did have a distraction and I had you and like, that's, I think, when we were, like, still at that best point, friends. Yeah, and still at that point, like, I think that I I had eventually told you, right? Like, at that point, did you know yet? No, I had no idea. Okay. I had no idea. So when, when, like, do you remember, when do you remember me telling you? It just really started to click for me when we were trying out for cheer. Um, this was our sophomore year going into our junior year. I had already been on the cheer team. I had already been on varsity. And I really wanted Jamie to do cheer with me. And so we were at tryouts and Jamie actually got injured. She injured her hip and had to go to the hospital. So she left and went to the hospital with your grandma. Yeah, at that point I was still placed with her. So mm-hmm. she came and picked me up. I was I was pretty hurt. And you so were. She took me to the hospital and we were there for a couple hours. And I was like, oh, I'll just see her later or whatever. And you texted me and you were like, hey, I'm doing okay. I'm coming back over. And I was like, oh, okay. And then you like, like your grandma dropped you at the front door. Like she didn't even stay to talk to mom. And I had crutches. And you had crutches. And mom was like, you just came from the hospital. Like something is going on. Mom knew at that point, like. In my head, I was just like, 
like, this is where I want to be. This isn't, yeah, it didn't feel even, like, weird. Now looking back, I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, that mom, that probably was like, what is going on? So once that happened, I think especially being in the hospital and medical expenses and insurance and whatever, that's when your caseworker called mom. Yeah, because she was like, what's going on? Like, she can't be there for that long without, like, anything. And at this point, like, I didn't even, I had no idea that Jessica... Your caseworker. Even knew, like, even... Where you were. Knew mom. I didn't even know she knew mom. She knew mom's phone number. Like, I had no idea she knew any of this. So that's when she called mom and she asked her, hey, like, what's going on? Do you guys want custody of this of this girl? Do you guys want to legally have custody? Because if you don't, then she can't be there. She can spend the night on a Friday night, but she can't stay... 12 consecutive days like that's just not legal like we need to know where this girl is at all times so I think mom talked to you first she didn't talk to me I think she talked to you first I remember her pulling you into her room and she kind of said like what's going on um and like I got a call from Jessica and immediately like I felt kind of sick because I was like oh great like I finally like am somewhere that I feel safe and like I'm not really allowed to be here this long. Like, I'm going to have to go back to my situation. And at this point, it was, like, a pretty big turning point in my life because my mom was able to get custody back of us. And so it was kind of, like, a turning point of, like, you get to go back home or you can stay at your grandma's. But that really wasn't turning into be a very good situation at all. And so it was, I don't know, it was a turning point of, like, I really, really did not want to go back like everything in me did not want to go back but I also like was out of options so that's when mom talked to you about getting custody and kind of seeing what your situation was and that's when you came and told me after that talk then you then you talked to me about it at that point I just realized I was not it wasn't a secret anymore yeah exactly it wasn't a secret and it's not like I was trying to live like this double life or anything it just genuinely was like I could, I could be around like my friends and I wasn't the foster girl. Like I, I had my own identity and I had who I was and I was happy with who I was. And also as a teenager, like it's very hard to talk about that kind of stuff. Especially you, you're pretty closed off. I am. And like, I have a select few people and like at that point I really didn't have anyone, but like even in my life today, like I have a select few people that I tell everything to and I'm I'm, like, very outgoing, I would say, but I'm not an open book. Like, I don't just voluntarily give information, but I, like, am very friendly and can be friends and make friends quickly. Absolutely. So, at that point, I realized I kind of, like, I really did need to open up and tell you. And you were just shocked. Oh, I was shocked. I, looking back, obviously, I'm like, duh, this girl came into our house. Like, I, like, think about it now. Like, you came with a bag. Like, you came with your school bag. Like, you didn't bring boxes of clothes. You didn't. I had nothing. You had nothing. I genuinely didn't. And I think looking back now, I would be like, what is going on? But in the moment, it didn't feel like that. And it was like, oh, we're the same size. Let's just share clothes. Let's just share clothes. Everything. And it was, like, fun. It was fun. It was, of course, like, so fun. So fun. But... Even when I look back, I'm like, I actually had nothing. You had nothing. My name, I had like... You brought your phone charger and your phone. Yeah, and then my backpack. 
and your backpacks, your brown leather school bag, and that was it. So mom talked to you, and then before she talked to me, she talked to Kendall and Caitlin, our sisters, who were living in California at the time for college, and she called them. She called Kat, our oldest sister, and said, do you, what do you think about getting another sibling? And Kat was like, Mom, are you pregnant? <laughs> so that was how, obviously, you had been visiting California with us. You oh, had yeah. come to California with us to visit Kat and Kendall. Yeah, they would come home, and I was always there. Like, like they knew about you. It wasn't yes. like all of a sudden. this random chick. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that's what she asked Kendall and Caitlin, how they would feel about, like, having Jamie be part of our family. And, of course, I mean, obviously, our sisters were like, yeah, no problem. Like, Not even a question. Not even a question. And I remember mom pulled me into her room after that, and she was just like, this is the situation. I don't know how much Jamie's told you, but we have this opportunity here to get full custody of her and be basically her parents. And my mom asked me, like, obviously that's a lot for me because we're sharing my car, my room, my clothes, my bathroom, everything. And my mom wanted to make sure that, like, I was on board with this. But also I knew the severity of what was going on because I don't think I did. Yeah. And so once mom sat down and talked to me, and obviously I said yes, like, that's my dream. My best friend, like, becoming my sister was awesome for me. That's when, like, things were much more open. They were. And mm. it was, like, a breath of fresh air for me to just be, like, oh, I can finally talk to somebody and, like, finally be around, like, a friend. And, like, there was no – there was never judgment. Like, no. you just loved me even more. Well, and I think almost kind of smart of you to keep it a secret for so long because then we just became friends and I didn't know anything like it wasn't like oh I'm gonna be your friend because you're in foster care and like you don't have friends because it wasn't like it was that. not like that you had plenty of friends it was just yeah it was a very easy transition it really was and I think that's a question we get a lot is like how was that transition it didn't feel like a transition it, it, it just felt natural and even like I remember going to Red Robin with Grandma over Valentine's Day, and, like, Grandma always, like, made us Valentine's boxes, Easter boxes, bags, Christmas presents, whatever, um, and she always made the time to, like, take us out to lunch for holidays, and I remember we went to lunch, and I, like, had asked Grandma, like, hey, is it okay if I bring Jamie, um, and she's like, oh my gosh, yes, of course, whatever, so we, um, went to lunch and I remember grandma brought you like a little valentine's bag treat like she did with me and I remember leaving and you were like that was like the best thing ever and like for me and like that's been my whole life but for you it was so it like meant so much because it was just like wow and I think she even signed it like love grandma and I like had tears in my eyes because it was like oh like this is what grandparents do like I never experienced that ever I didn't even know grandparents and never even met them and mom also left us presents for valentine's day and she did yeah they went on a trip and she at that point they had gotten custody of me of course and that was february we got custody in march oh did we okay. yeah so it, close yeah we were very close yeah. to getting full custody yeah, but you're right it was february and we got custody in march yeah. so very close yeah and she they had like left us valentine's gifts and bags and i don't know it just it, like, immediately was that feeling of, like, this is a family. And, like, this is the family that, like, I am supposed to be a part of. 
So tell me, I obviously wasn't able to go to court with you guys, but like, tell me about the court situation when you guys went in March. I remember being in court and it wasn't anything I remember vividly. It was pretty short, but the judge just went around and asked, she asked me if this is where I wanted to be. Then she asked my birth mom if she wanted to sign over um, the rights so that um, my new foster parents could like take care of me and make decisions for me for medical and financially and all of that. And then they asked um, mom if she wanted to take me in as a foster kid and have full custody over me and be in charge of all that. And I mean, it was immediate yeses and signed the paperwork and that was kind of over. I definitely respect your mom a lot for that because I feel like it could have been more of a fight. And it wasn't even like at all. It was your just, mom very much was like, you know, Jamie, I love you, but that I'm not the best place to take care of you. No. And that to me, like, I mean, I know your mom had her things and mental health was obviously a huge part of her life, but like, I very much respect her for being able to just turn it over. Like, and realize that she wasn't able to provide me with what I needed. And you came first. And for a very long time. And I think that she knew that. And so, yeah, it was, it was a very simple transition. And, like, that's also why I feel so deep that it's, like, that was meant to be and meant to happen. Because it wasn't a fight. It wasn't even really emotional. There was no tears. There was nothing. It was just, like yep, this is what we're doing, and, like, sign documents, and we're done, and let's get out of here. I've always said that since the get-go, since the very beginning, just, like, when people ask about the transition to being, like, friends to sisters, and when people ask you, like, when did you start calling them mom and dad, like, all of those questions, I genuinely, like, I knew something was missing from our family my entire life. Like, we have the three kids, the three sisters, and... I just felt so outcasted for so long. Like, Kendall and Caitlin are best friends. And I always was just like, oh, if we just had one more sister, if we just had one more of us, like, that was a little bit more like me. Like, Kendall and Caitlin were very sporty, very didn't want to go shopping, didn't care about pedicures. Like, I was very girly compared to them. And I always wished that there was just one more to, like, fill that gap in. And it, it's, and Caitlin and Kendall even say this all the time, like, I look at pictures of our family from when we were like younger and Jamie's in them. Like I I can't I can't picture her not in those pictures because it doesn't feel like she became part of our life at 14. It be, it felt like she became part of our life since the day I was born. Like it didn't it doesn't feel like she missed anything and you even say like when we talk about younger memories you're like I was there. Like I I look at pictures and I'm like oh my gosh, like, I was there, and I, I definitely wasn't, but I just, it felt like, this is so cliche, but it felt like the missing puzzle piece. And it felt like that to me, too. Of both of our lives, like, it felt like, oh my gosh, and I often, like, even think, like, why was I not just, like, born into this family, like, and I realized, like, I had to go through what I had to go through, and, like, gain experience, and, like, understanding, and it's definitely made me a better person and a better mom, but I... Yeah, it just, it was immediate, like, I don't know, it just, it was the right thing, because there's no other way that it would have felt the way it felt if it wasn't supposed to be. I completely agree, and like you said, like, even though your life probably changed a lot, I mean, it changed the whole course like literally of direction of your life, but 
it also completely changed the direction of my life. Like, I was born into this family. Like, these are my parents. These are my sisters. Like, I have been living the same exact life I've always lived. But it gave me, at 15 years old, such a deeper understanding and appreciation of my own family because I got to see you value our family so much that I probably underappreciated my whole life. Because you had that and there was nothing different. Like, that is what a family does. That That is how they function. Like, this is normal. But it's not for a lot of people. But it's not. And also, you don't know what somebody's going through. And no. I think that was a really huge life lesson for me because I did grow up pretty privileged. My parents had really good jobs. My life was always very stable. And, and they had, I mean, they have and always had such a great relationship and they love each other and mm-hmm. they treat each other with respect and kindness and that's something I just don't think you find as much anymore. No, and I I think I needed to see a little bit firsthand that people don't have that and like, I mean, we were best friends and I had no idea what you were going through and it just shows how close you can be to somebody without knowing their internal battles and without knowing what they're struggling with. And it's like without knowing that though, you were the best friend ever. Like it didn't take you to know that to to be who you were to me and like without you even knowing that though but I think that's also why our friendship is so strong oh of course and it only got stronger at that point and it's the way that it is today too like we've always said it we always get questions like do you guys ever fight and like of course oh my gosh of course we have our like little bickers or like we got mad at each other about a tank top in high school that's a whole podcast episode (laughs) the tank top the black tank top We fought over this one black tank top to wear every single day, every day, and... Why did we have... We had two, one out of freaking hole. Yeah, and that was the problem. So that was our biggest fight, but we always get asked, like, how we stay so close. I mean, if you guys follow us on Instagram, you know, I don't think that there's a day that goes by that we're not together. We hang out every day, but we chose this, and I think even more than we chose it, but, like, we were given this. Like, we were given this friendship... And we're not blood, but I feel like it is thicker than blood. Oh, a million percent. Because we chose it. Yeah, we chose it. And at the end of the day, like, obviously now, yes, I'm your sister and there's no difference. But, like, we choose it every single day. Every day. We choose to keep that closeness. And, like, obviously besides my husband, like, that's a different relationship. But, like, you're my person. Like, you're the one I trust with my whole entire heart and soul. And I just can't picture not having you as that person. And I think that's really cool for people to see too. And I think that's why people are really interested and intrigued by our story because it is very different, like how we became friends and sisters. And now we have kids that we're raising together. And I feel like it's really cool for people to get a little bit more in depth into why we are the way that we are and why we spend all of our time together and why we actually want to hang out together because honestly we've lived life without each other and it's it doesn't compare to the life that we have when we're together and our friendship and like that's also something we do want to bring to the podcast we want to have people feel like they're our sister and our best friend yeah and we want that inclusion because I don't know we just we have that to offer and we have I don't know I just we have so much fun together and we're just so close and because we get that question so much I just that's definitely been a pull for both of us like we want other people to feel that just as much as we do absolutely 
So we're really excited to take you guys along our podcast with us. And I really hope that you guys learned a lot from Jamie's story and our story. And we'll obviously continue to talk about it. But I feel like that was the most important part of us to talk about and for you guys to understand and get to know. And the thing we get the most questions about, for sure. Yeah, definitely. And we'll, we'll do like a whole episode of a Q&A. Like I know there's so many unanswered questions still. But that's just like the gist of, of how we became best friends turned to sisters. And you just don't hear that. And so now you get a little more depth and glimpse into who we are and why why we are the way we are and why we are so close. So next week, we're going to be talking about another hot topic. Sleepovers. Which I'm really nervous to talk about because I feel like this is something we definitely... Ooh. There's a lot of questions. There's a lot to dive into there. So stick around for next week's episode because we'll definitely be diving into a lot more, um, a little bit more of motherhood, a little bit further away from just me and Jamie's story in our life, yes. but more a general purpose of motherhood. But I just really wanted to do this episode so that you guys could kind of get to know us and get to know our friendship and where we started and also get to know why our podcast is called codependent because truly we are honestly it's <laughs> our sisters and our family just make so much fun of us it's always two of everything we have our kids at the same time i just don't really do much without jamie no we are just, we're codependent and when that name came to us it just like it just hit. That was it. Oh, that was it. We knew it. Yes. And so, yeah, that we wanted to give that whole backstory, and we're so excited for next week. And if you guys love this, leave us a review. And that would mean the world, especially starting out uh, yes. as a new podcast. Leave us a review. Let subscribe. us know what you think. Yes. And also DM us on Instagram. Let us know what you think. Absolutely. We want to hear all the feedback and keep up with our grams because we're going to be asking lots of questions on there so that we can interact but this has been so fun it has been and i am so excited for next week and i know that you guys are too because that is definitely a hot topic topic. (laughs) so we'll see you guys next week don't forget to like and subscribe seeking the truth never gets old introducing june's journey the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.